Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Pastor Jay Miller. I say, yeah, God. He's just been moving differently this morning. I say he's moving differently. He does what he always does, but it's just like he likes to mess up our agenda. Everybody figure that one out? Uh, too. So I didn't even preach during the first uh, first service because God was moving and it was A-OK because he was preaching himself. He was touching people and whatnot. But I felt like this even in the second service, there's a uniqueness of what God was speaking. And I think there's groups of people in the room that need to hear part of this message too. And so I think he did ministry a little bit different even during the second service. So it's so good. Um, Bible's with you. I want you to turn uh, to a couple passages of scripture. Let's just have you go to Matthew 14 and put a marker there. And then uh, go over to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to use other scriptures, but Matthew 14, 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's just read that verse in First uh, Peter. If you're there, say, I am. I'm going to read out two different translations. I wrote, read part of it earlier in the Passion, but the first one is the New American Standard. It says this, verse 13, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Uh, and I've been telling you guys for weeks what that means is it's not, you know, the Bible will say be filled with the spirit. Don't be drunk on wine, but be, be filled with my spirit, right? This is First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. But keep sober in spirit, meaning that I'm so, because that's what, that's so filled with the spirit, nothing else can actually intoxify me. It, can, it can't change the way I think, you know, because that's what, that's what alcohol or drugs will do is it'll change your perception and how I hear, how do I see, how do I feel. And then this place be so sober in the spirit that nothing else can speak louder than he does, which means you can have the joy of the Lord and be laughing like a fool and you're sober, right? Because you're sober and full in the spirit. So anyway. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in the spirit. Fix your hope. Let me hear you say, fix your hope. hope. Completely on the grace to being brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me hear you say, revelation of Jesus. Verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. Let me hear you say, ignorance. This is why innocence is important, is even though we're separated from him and Jesus had to die because there is sin in the world, the fruit of sin is separation from, which creates ignorance. We don't understand who he is, which means we don't understand who we are. And in that place of ignorance, we'll actually uh, move in separate from his heart. But, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. I'm here to say like Jesus, who called me, he calls me to be holy. Like he's holy. Verse 16, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So that's the New American Standard. Let me read it out of the Passion Translation. I'm actually going to go to verse 17 in the Passion. Verse 13 says this, So then, prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, let me hear you say unveiled. Let me hear you say revealed. A greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the whole 17. 
since you call him on him as your heavenly father, let me hear you say heavenly father. And he is the impartial judge who judges according to each one's works. Let me hear you say revelation. What changes things and transforms things is a revelation of who he is. It's not doctrine. It's not a holy teaching. It's none of those things. It's when I understand that he is the living word, that he is the visible image of the invisible God, talking about Jesus. When I encounter who he is, that brings transformation. That's why we also hear encounter is not just a physical manifestation. It's the audible voice. My sheep know, hear my voice. They know my voice. They know I'm calling to them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. It's not just, it is this, but when that verse was actually written down, this was not compiled. It's talking about man doesn't live by every, uh, uh, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds the rhema word of God coming out of the heart. It's a living word that's coming. So certainly all of this is his word. It's the logos and, and he'll never, what he's saying today will never contradict this. But we have to be in of Jesus and what the world needs is not the revelation of the church. It doesn't need the revelation of religion. It doesn't need the revelation of doctrine. It doesn't need the revelation of any of that. It's purely the revelation of the Father. How do I know that to be true? Jesus is standing before the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the keepers of the law, the keepers of the old covenant and the old word. They had the word. They knew it. They memorized it backwards and forwards. And he says, in here you search out for eternal life. You think you're going to find them in here. And they all point to me. What was that? A revelation. Living encounter relational revelation of who he is and so the world needs a revelation of the living God and he's chosen to take those who were born again to become a living revelation of who he is that's why Jesus says if you've seen me who have you seen it was a revelation it was relational the kingdom of heaven is at hand means that step beyond that ethereal type situation like the king of the kingdom is at hand. You can about Jesus and he's going, man, we ate with him, we sat with him, we laughed with him, we cried with him, we put our hands in the holes in his side. We had a physical encounter with the risen Christ. And so what that calls us to do is, is how are people going to know unless somebody goes and tells them? What are we telling them? We must become the living revelation of Jesus Christ in everything we say, do, feel, hear. So therefore, the enemy knows that's part of the plan. So he'll work extra time to be able to confuse us, to be able to subdue us, to make sure that the image that we're projecting is not actually the image of him, but it would actually be like a shadow of what we think religious God actually looks like. This is why there's a lot of inner healing that's necessary from father wounds and mother wounds. Why? Because the enemy understands that the revelation of the father is what the father is actually bringing, and so he'll take hurting humanity and then say, that's what the Father looks like. And so if you ever had an must be what dad or an angry authority, I got him. Because I've distorted the image that they're actually supposed to know. Because he understands better than we do that a revelation of who he really is will bring transformation. 
It changes everything. This is why Jesus, um, he crosses over a sea to, to this Galderia area and this demoniac can rolls up and he's got a legion of demons. He's got a whole host of them in him. The stories of this dude were crazy. Like he's naked. He lives in a, in a cemetery in these tombs. He used to cut himself. The townspeople were so afraid of him that they tried to put chains on him and, and the, the enemy within him would just break those chains. And so he's, he's out of his mind and he's separated from community. And here comes Jesus on the shore just to meet him. And the man comes running up. And you imagine if you've got a thousand demons in you, they're probably pretty loud inside the head. Yet, the revelation of Jesus, then from that place, Jesus says, who are all these demons? We are legion, we're many, da, 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 da. And he's basically like, get out. I'm Jesus that silenced the voice of the enemy loud enough where the will of the man could actually kneel before Jesus. Every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow. It's before that was even written. And yet you see this revelation bring radical transformation and suddenly this man's in his right mind and, and he, it just is an encounter like this. Years in one moment of a revelation of Jesus that turns it all around. He wants to get back in the boat after Jesus is getting ready to go. And he says, no, 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 no. You stay. Go back to your hometown and tell them everything that I've done for you. What is that? Tell them the revelation of Jesus. Tell them the encounter that you had with me. I was lost as lost can be. I lived in a tomb. I was naked. I cut myself. They put, like, we're talking a deep testimony. He actually reached 10 cities. With one testimony. It's the revelation of Jesus. It could transform a region. This is what he's calling us to move into. And so we have to have our own encounter so we can come into our right mind, which is really his right mind, right? So that we can then turn around and go, let me give you a revelation of Jesus. And had gone through some depths of stuff. And then Jesus brought revelation and healed him and whatnot. And he realized, I've got to write these songs because there's a generation who will not be one unless something resonates in their heart where they understand that I know their pain. But in the place of knowing their pain, it's not just coming and going, I relate with you. In that place of now you relate, now let me show you Jesus that brought the solution to the person. It transformed them like this. This is what we're stepping into. 1 John 1, 4 says this, or 1, 1, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes, touched off, was revealed to us. That word revealed means open view, plain sight. It was very apparent. It was manifested. It's not a thought or a thought what that means. And we have seen him, and we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, then he was revealed to us. And we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. See, the interesting is when people come into a relationship with us, they should come into a relationship with him. Because there's no separation. We're one. I abide in him. He lives inside of me. It's no longer Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? So if they have an encounter with me, they should have an encounter with him. Verse 4, we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. In fact, it's an invitation into that breakthrough. 
The glory is the one only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt literally means tabernacled with us. So too often what ends up happening is this, is we have challenges and situations, we have old belief systems, we have hurts. And what we do is we want an answer for those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem. The devil will be happy for you to get breakthrough in one area as long as you don't meet Jesus. That's why self-help books will work. That's why secular counseling will work. That's why a lot of the gurus will help. Why? Because I can have a problem or a challenge and I can use wisdom of the world to actually get breakthrough or freedom from that. But if I don't encounter Jesus, I don't actually encounter transformation. That's why we have to come into this place of what it looks like. And so what is it? Do we, if you need healing, it's okay to come to the healer. But the realization is I'm more desperate to know the healer than I am to actually what he can do for me. Because it's kind of them were Jews. One of them was a Samaritan, which was somebody who was at, like a Gentile, was treated worse than a Gentile outside the covenant. These guys are healed, and he says, hey, go present yourself to the priest, which was the right legal way about being restored back and rejoice and say, woo-hoo. They went and presented himself to the priest and went on with the life. One of them says, he healed me. And he goes back to Jesus and calls out, I want to thank you, love you, worship like who are you? And Jesus goes, where's the other nine? When they're 10? They had an encounter, but they didn't have a revelation. They were willing to receive what he could do for them. They weren't willing to receive who he wanted to be for them and be to them. So it brought a level of transformation. And so I'm just telling you, is sometimes we're all in these different places where we, we don't even realize God did something for us and we're excited and what I want to do is I want to celebrate the breakthrough. I want to sell the, celebrate the healing testimony. And here's the point. In the next part of the testimony is, and I'm more in love with him than I've ever been. This is why we tell our ministry team, hey, we're not in charge of healing. We're just conduits, and we're going to pray in obedience, and we believe God's going to heal. There's people who were healed this morning. We know it. And there's some people walking, and he still wants to heal you, and he still paid for your healing. But more importantly than that, do you know the one who created you, who wants intimate relationship with you, who wants you to know fully who you were created to be? This is the walk of faith that we walk and that we're called into. So let me give you just a few examples of what all this looks like, how it plays out. You don't have to turn there. You, you can just write them down if you wanted the references. But Joshua chapter 5, let's talk about spiritual warfare and the battles we must fight. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 says this, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man. Let me hear you say a man. man. In my Bible, it's a capital M. It's talking about the pre-incarnate Jesus. It's... It, Theological terms, it's Christophany. This is, this is God of the universe who's always existed and Jesus showing up in a moment in time. So it says, are you for us or for our adversaries? Verse 14, so he said, no. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come, say to his... Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped him and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did. We should not be impressed with the, the armies of the enemy and we shouldn't be impressed with our own swords and shields and, and weapons. It's being an encounter with him that changes everything in a moment. 
Joshua bows down. This is how I know it's Jesus, it's God, because, because Jesus never, or an angel would never let um, a human actually worship him. You see this John the Revelation, he's going through it, and John falls down at the, the angel, and he's like, no, 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 I'm just a servant like you are. This is Jesus. So don't be concerned with the enemy. Don't be concerned with that, the armies of this. Are you for us or against us? And that's not, that's the wrong question. God, are you for me in this battle? No, no, the question is, am I with him? It's his purpose, his kingdom, his, I'm with you. The question is, am I with him or not? And so I step into that place. And when I do, I win the battle. Let's talk about inner healing, lifestyle change, past sins, freedom. John chapter four, verse nine says this, the woman who was, the woman was surprised for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. This is when Jesus sits down with a Samaritan woman at the well. She says to Jesus, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Let me hear you say revelation. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said to her, I am the Messiah. It's an encounter. It transforms her life. She comes into this relationship. And she runs back to the village. She tells her story and testimony going, hey, you know me who knew everything about what I've done and had no shame for me. He declared me innocent. Whew. And then look what it says in verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he's told me everything I did. When they came out to see him, let me say revelation. revelation, personal revelation. Yeah, see, it's different. They heard it. They came because they heard, but then they had a personal revelation. They begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they told the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, because we've heard ourselves. And now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Let's talk about physical healing. Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 through 10 says this, when Jesus arrived in Capernaum, a Roman army captain came and pled with him to, to come to his home and heal his servant boy who was in bed paralyzed and racked with pain. Jesus said, yes, I will come and heal him. The officer said, sir, I'm not here and say, be healed. My servant necessary for you to come. If you only stand here and say, be healed, my servant will get well. Verse 9, I know because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I say to one, go, and he goes. To another, come, he comes. And to my slave boy, do this or that, and he does it. And I know you have authority to tell his sickness to go, and it will go. Verse 10, Jesus stood there amazed, turning to the crowd and said, I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. The Roman centurion, the one who's supposed, the, the people of Israel, supposed to have the revelation of the healer. And this one knew who he was and what he carried. When somebody's healed, it's the revelation of his capacity for authority. One of the foolish things that took place in the church history is when we started to say, God doesn't do what he used to do in the Bible. He doesn't move this way. His spirit doesn't move. The gifts of the spirit aren't for today. He doesn't heal today. He doesn't prophesy today. I'm going, have you read the book? It's foolishness. It's silly. Why? He wants to manifest himself to people. And so we have a message. It's not just, hey, get out of hell free. A message which includes healing and deliverance and salvation. 
My question for you is, have you had that revelation for yourself? Are you walking in a revelation that Jesus is your healer? That Jesus is the one who sets you free? That Jesus is pleased with you? See, this is what he's inviting us into, his relationship before we go and we do. We just need a revelation. Overcoming fear, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Verse 22 says this. And let's give context. This is after he's fed, the, uh, multiplied the food. He's fed the multitudes. Verse 22, immediately Jesus, he might have actually had a purpose for them to encounter a storm that's going to make them afraid. So he can actually give them a revelation that's bigger than the storm. So just think about that. Immediately Jesus made his disciples to get in the boat, go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Verse 23, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was only, in other words, it was blowing hard in their faces. Verse 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Let me hear you say revelation to Jesus. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, okay, come. When Peter had gone, come down out of the boat, walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the, the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Beginning to seek out, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. See, anytime we get to a place of fear, we have to understand, who am I putting my faith in? The faith in the one who's actually threatened me or faith in the one who actually created me? Soundness of your mind, the way you think, mind, will, and emotions. And so God is really calling us into this place. He does not ever put us down for being in situations that would cause fear. He doesn't knock them for being afraid. Because I don't know about you, if I was in a boat, it's dark, I'm in a storm, the wind's doing it, and I see a dude walking on the water, it's probably going to freak you out for a sec until you get a grip on what's actually taking place. The way he actually said you of little faith was, you already had a revelation who I was, Peter. Because where the story says, he says, hey, it's okay, guys, it's me. Do not be afraid. The revelation of who is with you should have been enough. And so Peter gets out of the boat, starts walking. Then he takes his eyes off of him, off the revelation that he's just had about who's actually walking on the water, and he puts it back on the circumstances, and he begins to sink. And that's when Jesus, he pulls him out and says, why did you doubt? Circumstances that can never do anything to you. And that's the same call for us. What's the revelation I'm walking in? If I'm going to go through difficult circumstances or situations, it's not that it's not going to cause fear. It'd be foolish for me to say, man, this is kind of a scary situation. What's happening in the world? What's happening at the border? What's happening? All, what's, what's going to happen? But wait a minute. But what's the revelation of Jesus? Who is he? And, and here's what we pray. Lord, who do you want to be to me right now? How do you want to reveal who you are? Because he's not a one-trick pony, right? He can bring boldness. He can bring comfort. He can bring power. He can bring healing. He can bring a lot of different things. He can bring authority. 
He brings the peace that's beyond your ability to understand and that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He can be a lot of things. And what we have to do is be in a relationship with him where we're constantly asking, in this moment, fears come up inside of me, so what's the revelation? Because I know you don't ever give me a spirit of fear. So who do you want to be to me? And mind. Mind, will, and emotions that are all tied within that. And I'm constantly bringing it back to the revelation of who Jesus is. Is. I don't put my eyes on my circumstances. And finally, I'll give you one more. We need an eternal revelation of who he is. Revelation chapter 5. And I saw him in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals? No one in heaven or on earth. I'm here to say no one. I was asking the Lord about this, just a quick pause. Why does it say no one in heaven and earth? Because Jesus was in heaven. And Jesus says, because I'm not in heaven, I'm, I'm the one who created it. I didn't come out of heaven, I'm the one that created heaven. It's not a created being that has the authority to be able to do this, is the point. There's only one, it's the king, it's God of the universe. It says, no one in heaven or on earth, no person, no angel, no created being. This is what you have to consider. Why is this? So there's no angel up. No angel below, fallen angel. No man has the ability to do it. But look what it says in verse 4. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to even look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loosen its seven seals. It took an elder who had a revelation of Jesus to go, Don't worry, it's okay. I know who has the authority to do it, and here he comes. And I looked, behold, in the middle of the throne of the four living creatures, in the middle of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him, which is the Father, who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, 24 elders, fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. You've redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. And notice where they shall reign. Where at? On the earth. Verse 11, then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. In other words, a whole bunch. Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as that are in the sea, all that are in them, I heard them saying, blessing and honor, glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. That's the revelation of who we're with. He's calling us into a relationship so that we can rule with him on the earth. We're called to extend the kingdom on the planet as it is there here on the earth, but we can't do that unless we have a revelation of who he is there. More importantly, that revelation has to transfer to here. Until you have it, he can be this God, and he is. 
He's that God whether anyone believes it or not. But there's not going to be transformation on the earth until that revelation moves in here and in here and then moves out of us. So let's pray. Let's ask this question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What's the revelation you want to bring me? What area of my life needs a fresh revelation with who you really are? Who do you want to be to me? Out of the boat. Take a stand. Receive him. Jesus, I pray right now, you know how to encounter us where we're at. I thank you that right now, this an encounter with you will bring transformation. So the thing that we came struggling with when we came into church has the opportunity to be transformed because it encounters you. So I just release right now fresh relationship, fresh peace, fresh love, fresh joy, fresh fruit of your spirit to wash through this place, wash through us. And we recognize that we do not live by bread alone. We don't live by human things. We don't even live by just what's in the Bible as we understood it. We live by every word that comes out a fresh breath. Breathe on us, God so we might know you deeper. And we declare this in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. We'll give the Lord praise for it. Why don't you do that? Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.